something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeart Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mini Crush. Yeehaw. Get on down the road, little doggies, and going <laughs> to rustle us up some Mini Crush. Jesus Christ. Phew. All right, Cookie, why don't you rustle up some uh, beans? I did have beans last night. I, went, I made a vegan grain bowl with uh, black bean chili and oh, kale. Well, and so, get out right now. I know. We are in like the hot box, so be be afraid. I'll, I will do my best to contain myself, though. Uh, Noel just said a very distressing thing as he walked in the room, everyone. He said, I have wind beneath my wings stuck in my head, mm-hmm. and now I'm afraid I'm going to just by virtue of the fact that I'm trying not to think of it. Well, there's a fun game you can play when it comes to getting things stuck in your head. You can usually kick the things out of your head by getting something else stuck in your head that's yeah, preferable. Always, everyone's got a trick song, but I've always heard Ring of Fire is a good one to sing in your head. Which is also like a pretty acceptable song that hasn't been done quite to death. <laughs> A little bit to death. I had the X-Files theme stuck in my head when I woke up this morning, and then it got kicked out by... Yep. Oh, I like your simultaneous hum and whistle. Yeah, so I guess, I, that wasn't a very good one. It was pretty good. I'm usually... Uh, that's one of my tricks that I just decided to debut. I like it. I no like reason. it. Well, uh, how you doing? I'm great. Uh, well, by the time this is out, this will already have been out, but Emily and I just recorded... Uh, starting our Alexander Payne filmmaker series. So. Oh, nice! I love that you're doing these little series. Yeah, we just had series-ies. a good time. Yeah, they're fun. Um, hell no, maybe we could get a series going too. I mean, they're good. I think they're always really good conversations, and it also helps to have something to go back to that yeah. people enjoy when you can't find guests. I have, uh, I have a suggestion. What? We should each watch the entire Harry Potter series oh, Jesus. and then do an episode <laughs> per film where we really do our oh, best. We really do we? our best. Yes. 
People would love it. I would love it. And as it would you be know. part of the thing, and it and would it, force me to watch these. It forced you to watch them. As long as it's not Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I, I would prefer to do it with Harry Potter because I honestly, no, I can't. I don't All right, wanna, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Yep. That'll be fun. I think it would be fun. I'll, I'm going to watch those goddamn movies Okay, now. let's do it. All right, Noel. All right. It has been it has been said. Um, it has been said. It has been said. So shall it be uh, done. Um, yeah, have you seen the new uh, Avengers yet? Well, it's funny you should mention, Noel. Right after we do a quick corrections corner, we're going to do a quick crush to judgment. Very cool. Very Is cool. that all right? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to start, and just let me start fresh. So as promised, Noel, uh, we're going to go with corrections corner. Insert sad trombone here, Ramsey. <laughs> Have you heard that yet? I have. It is delightful. <laughs> Big shout out to Ramsey for killing it with the sound yeah, design. Yeah, man. Ramsey um, doesn't get his due. And the clutch edits. and Ram just, jam. Just being a good dude. So we're going to do Corrections Corner and uh, read a couple of these. They're starting to come in now. Uh, Joe Welsh says, and I don't know if this is a correction so much as a, you didn't couldn't think of the thing, but that counts too. Uh, Jake Busey, remember when you mused on his films that yep. he was a creep in? Yep. Uh, apparently... He was the Evangelica creep in Contact. Contact. But someone else said the Frighteners. Yeah, he was also a weird— uh, So that's his deal. And I actually listened back to that episode the other night, and I was annoyed at myself that I couldn't remember it, too. <laughs> I also feel like I came off as being derisive towards albinos. Uh, that is not my intention at all. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> I know. I think I called him like a weird albino freak or something like that, and that's yeah. not nice. No. And I'm I'm sorry. I know. To uh, any albinos out there? You probably that took actually offense. people with albinism is probably how they refer to themselves. Actually, is would be my guess. And in fact, I th- I bet you know all that you should probably say people with albinism. Yep. Because that's the thing these days. Man, you don't title someone. Am I canceled? No, you're not canceled. Are you sure? It's okay. No, okay. It was a slip of the tongue. Yeah, I said we, you well, were very inclusive I, and I, loving, I, forgiving. I man. said it about three times, though. At that point, it's no longer a slip of the tongue. Yeah, but you know, we, I have nothing but love in my heart, though, for all people. Yeah, we're we're going forward, Noel. Good. We forgive you. You're Thank great. You. I appreciate it. Uh, Mike O'Donnell says the "I'm a Peacock" line is from the other guys with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Not certain it was the final line, so. That was one in the best last lines that we didn't know what that was from. Mm, I'm a peacock. I'm a peacock. I didn't see that movie, didn't did you? Either. No, I did not. And let's do one more. Uh, this one's been lingering for a while from uh, our old buddy Jeff Noel. He said, you mentioned in uh, when you talked about Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Yep. And I think it was me, actually, that said it was in black and white. He, it is not. He said, given how washed out the colors and focus were, may have seemed that way, but it was actually in color. And I went back and looked, and of course, it, mm-hmm. it is just that very— uh, Very gray. Yeah, and I read up about that. It's really interesting, man. Those guys, these brothers, they never made another movie. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? I don't know that it did real well. Well, it didn't, but it was—I uh, read a bunch of—there are a bunch of articles now retrospectively looking back and saying, like, this was the first completely— Blue screen film. It was mm-hmm. revolutionary. Like pre dark. Uh, what's that? No, I'm um, sorry. The Robert Rodriguez uh, comic book one. What's it called? You know. Oh. There were two of them. God damn. What the Spy I? Kids. No, no. Before that, the one that the one that's very it looks. It Desperado. Looks, oh my god. No mariachi. Why am I doing? Well, no, the one about the city, the creepy mean city. Dark, it's not Dark, dark City. Si- no, that's a <laughs> Oh, Creepy Mean City? No, the one with Elijah oh, Wood where he has like the weird white eyes and he's like a serial killer and Merv. Type it's, with your fingers. Oh, my God. Because people right now are screaming I'm at not, their- I'm screaming internally. Yeah. Hold on. Um, uh, Mer- Marv. 
Mickey Rourke. <laughs> uh, it was Sin City. Oh. I said the mean city, <laughs> the creepy, mean, bad city. You yeah. know that one. No, but point is, sure. very similar aesthetic in yeah, terms yeah. of like the, it is more black and white. No, it's not. It is black and white, actually. I think Sin City is. But it has that same shadowy kind of vibe and the use of the CGI. And Sky Captain was very much a predecessor. To yeah. That. I didn't it, think it about that. It was sort of super revolutionary. And these guys never made another movie. And the articles I read basically. It sounds like they just had no idea how to navigate Hollywood and how to self-promote sure. and be comfortable working again. It was weird. Yeah. Well, not weird, but just very interesting. That is interesting. It was a big movie. I mean, it didn't do great, but, I mean, hell, it had Jude Law, Angelina Jolie, and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. I actually have not seen it. Um, you should check it out, there's man. A, there's an episode of How Did This Get Made about it. It's really where, cool. Where they think it's not good, but they – also understand that it's it revolutionary faults, and that it had some interesting qualities to it. And like, it was a big know. swing, man, mm-hmm. for a first film. Like, Yeah, absolutely. I think they really tried for something great. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this hundred-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later... The co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Noel, we're going to move on from Correction's Corner, and let's do a Let's do a crush to judgment, a little mini crush on Endgame. So if you haven't seen Endgame, everyone, 
there are going to be plenty of spoilers. So I would say let's just give ourselves a time limit, Noel, of like uh, five or six minutes. Okay. Five or six minutes to discuss a three-hour uh, culmination of about 15 hours of cinema. That's that. That's going to be – Talk about a culmination, man. By the way, I don't know if you saw, but there's this great YouTube video mm-hmm. of the history of Marvel, uh, the no, MCU. I need to see it, though. It's, it's like 25 minutes long, mm-hmm. and it really just goes through everything, and it dawns on you more than ever when you see that, like – just how expertly this thing has been plotted over from the start. Twenty, how many movies is it? I don't know. I think it's like twenty-two or twenty-one sure. movies. Yeah, yeah, it's really impressive. They did something great. They re- oh, uh, beyond great. I you mean, know? it's just so you know. What, say what you will about the movies themselves, or whether you're into superhero genre type movies or, or what. This is a feat of organization. Of, yeah, you know, craftsmanship. This, the continuity. Yeah, keeping man. all of that shit together. So like, good. Like, like even in this one where they had scenes from the other movies because there's yes. a time travel element in oh, this one. Oh, that was so great. And it was so we went effective. Back to the Battle of New York. It was, and it was so just, good. Oh, and everyone looked the same. I mean, I, I I can only assume they actually pulled real footage from the original movie uh, and yeah, then sure. interacted with it and, you know, did I imagine CGI from another or, angle or, or whatever. whatever. Yeah. But I, 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 th- I thought it was great. I thought, yeah. it, I thought it, it sagged a little bit in the middle. Only I only say that because that's when I sort of dozed off for about five minutes. But when I was back, I was back. No, I was back, buddy. I have an admission. Yeah. I dozed off and I don't sleep in movies. Yeah. I am fucking exhausted. Yeah. Because of this house move. Yeah. Yeah. And I fell asleep. God, it's so weird. I never do this in movies. I felt it happening. And I fell asleep right at the part where uh, um, Nighthawk uh, – Nighthawk? Uh, it's Night- Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Where Hawkeye goes and is like on a, di- a killing spree in – Japan. Like, in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I woke up at the end and just saw like a guy with katanas on his back and a hood. And I was like – what is Deadpool doing in this? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, was that Deadpool such that I went home later and Googled Deadpool Endgame? I was like, that didn't happen. So I had to go read. I was like, oh, that was Hawkeye. Well, there was also a reveal that it was him. And then I believe his Black Widow walks up to him and says, like, hey, we need you back or whatever. Yeah, because he, the implication is that he's sort of broken bad. Oh, yeah. And it's just slaying people. Yeah, because, like, I mean, one Revenge of the most slaying. beautiful, I mean, it was not beautiful, it was very sad, but the oh, movie God. opens, it's a cold open, where oh, it's him God. playing with his family and, like, having, you know, a picnic or whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, as a dad, the the notion that my kid just all of a sudden isn't there anymore. Yeah. And just the realization of that and yeah. what that must entail. How must you just because, like, you know, spoiler alert, again, beginning of the movie, they, they evaporate yeah. as what happens at the end of they the Infinity Wars. They go back pre-snap just for just Pre-snap just to see it yeah. from his perspective. And yeah, then all of a sudden, so well they're just gone. And you just barely see him start to realize yeah. it. And then it moves on. But can you imagine what that would be like for, like, someone's there and yeah. they're just not there. And you don't even understand the context for what's happened. Yeah. Like, that was. But to know enough that, like, that can happen yes. in his world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, just. The Russo brothers, man, I'm just so impressed mm-hmm. with how these guys have have layered this together. Yeah. Like some of the best, some of the best character arcs over a series of films that I've ever seen before. Well, and the fact that they make these giant movies with these insane ensemble casts, and it never feels overstuffed, no, and it man. never feels like any of your favorite characters get short shrift. No. You know, everyone's all, ev- got their shit. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's got their character arc, and comes full circle. I think. Mm-hmm. Did, yeah, did you so realize great. that there is a bit of a uh, backlash against Captain Marvel? 
Oh, really? A fan kind of like backlash. And when I say fan, I think I largely mean toxically masculine neckbeards. Oh, like they um, don't like— They uh, don't like Brie, Brie, Brie Larson, uh, and they don't like the fact that she felt a little shoehorned into the series— because I think she's made her debut in a post credit scene in one of the previous movies, okay. and then she got her own movie, yeah. and then she's in this one. And I don't think she was. She was in the post credit scene of so Infinity War. So they didn't think War. she was around long enough? They didn't think she was around long hero? enough. And, and they also think she's a bit of a deus ex machina because she's so godlike in her abilities that it was no. almost like, you know, oh, okay, let's let's have this just, you know, overpowered godlike figure that can fight. Thanos, but then not really do anything because she kind of mm. disappears. She kind of pieces out in this one. Well, she's but she says she's been fighting all in planets all over the universe, and that's fair. But it's also kind of convenient, isn't it? Like I don't know. It just it just felt a little like okay, hi, bye, and then comes back, does does a thing, and then she isn't even the one that ultimately saves the day. Right? I mean, it's a little tropey, I guess, that she came back like that. But I loved it. I thought. No, no. I loved it. I too. thought it was great. I was just really sure. more or less bringing up the fact that Other I did are, not realize yeah. there was such a backlash against her because she's also she's not the best on the um on the what do you call it the junkets you know the yeah. little she's she comes off as Dude, a little Larson. yeah she comes off as a little entitled as far as her character is concerned and oh. she's not very good at like being likable seeming really and yeah there's some interviews where it's her and Thor and uh, Don Th- Cheadle Thor. Thor is his name <laughs> and. They keep it, – it, it feels like they keep trying to save her from looking kind of like an asshole. Really? Yeah. Oh, because she, she says stuff like – Because I love Brie Larson. Yeah. I, I think someone said – like I think um, uh, Thor – what's his name? Chris? Chris Hemsworth. Evans. Hem, Hemsworth, one of the Chris's. Yeah. He says something about – he's trying to compliment her and he, he gives her a compliment about how she does her own stunts. And he says something like, like, like a Tom Cruise kind of thing. And she's like, excuse me. I am myself. Like, I am not, you know, like, it's, it's just very, like, he was obviously trying to give her a compliment in a in terms of the fact that he's known for doing all his own stunts. Right, interesting. And then she came off as very, like, bristly about it and kind hmm. of, like, overly sensitive. I don't know. You'd have to watch it. There's a whole clip show of her kind of not doing the best job at being Maybe she friendly. doesn't like breast junkets. Well, Because I mean, they're fucking terrible. I'm sure they're horrible. <laughs> I'm sure they're horrible. All I'm saying is that it, it, it kind of became a thing um, in the, you know, fan community where it's like, we don't really like, uh, like Brie Larson. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm not on that team. I'm not either. I loved Captain Marvel. Yeah. I think we've talked about it on the show. I thought it was very cool, very yeah. self-contained, very nostalgic. Had all the hit all the buttons for me. Uh, and by I, the way, everyone, we're still talking. That we've been seven minutes, and we're still talking spoilers. So give us another four minutes. We haven't really spoiled anything yet, though, up to this point. <laughs> no, but we're about to. Okay. Uh, let's, one let's, of, let's, yeah, let's move on. One of the great moments of the movie for me was the the scene where all the fucking women band together toward the end. Ugh. That was so awesome. Yep. It was so powerful and just like that was like a chill down my spine yeah. moment. They're it like, was so bad. They're like a posse. They're just like coming at you. Oh, C- coming at Thanos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was pretty fucking great. That was awesome. Um and then you know, we get two two major, major deaths. Uh I I think I felt in my bones that Tony Stark would die because he makes the most sense. He started it all. He had the biggest character arc uh, as far as where he starts in Iron Man 1 as rich, handsome playboy who yeah. only thinks of himself to the ultimate sacrifice, you know, saving of, of his own life. In Absolutely, the end. yeah. But Black Widow caught me off guard. I was actually in the bathroom for that one. Oh, no. Because yeah, it, it was a stand-in for what happened with Gamora. Like, yeah. it, it, it flipped uh, the script, like, kind of. And I, was conf- I actually didn't understand how they did that. Can you explain? 
Well, I mean, it was uh, it, it's really kind of great because we know on the cliff there with uh, what's his face, Red Skull, that yeah. someone has to sacrifice to get the uh, I can't remember which stone it is. Is it the Soul Stone? Mm, I, think I don't remember. Maybe. I think it is. Yeah. And uh, I get all my stones confused. Uh, which one was Mick Jagger? He was uh, the <laughs> he was the singer. Uh, and so they're they have a battle. Hawkeye and Black Widow have a battle to see who does it. Like a, literally a fight, and they're fighting each other toward the cliff to see who's going to jump in. And at the last minute, Hawkeye. I mean, you think that uh, I think you think Hawkeye is doing it. But it turns out that he's saved her, and he's holding on to her. And they've both gone over the edge, but he's holding on, and he's holding on to her. And then she, like, causes him to lose the grip. Oh. And they're both arguing, like, no, it's going to be me. It's got to be me. And she, like, fucking, yeah, hardcore man. Did, did she come back, though, when they uh, did the old switcheroo at the end, the old uh, time I don't think time so. shuffle? I don't think she was at the funeral. No. Which is interesting. There's there, there's some also some kind of plot, she's got plot her own hole movie coming, kind of so questions. Go back in time. Maybe. Yeah. There there were a couple of little plot holy type questions like that where it's like, how come they brought back some characters but not others and and things like that. But oh, all in all, I thought it was just yeah. It was like you said, this culmination of this you know twenty plus movies, yeah. and characters, and everything felt satisfying and. Tiny gripes aside, yeah, I I think I cried four times. Oh, jeez, I was a mess. <laughs> it's just great. Yeah, I was a mess. Uh, how many right. thumbs? How many thumbs, Chuck? To, uh, a bunch of big uh, stone-studded thumbs. Big burly thumbs, way up. Yeah. Oh, I did. Uh, I I found out one thing. One plot hole question I had was how come. They had to get Peter Dinklage to for- forge that uh, you know glove, the gauntlet, so that. Thanos could wield the stones in the previous movie. Remember, Peter Dinklage was like the he forged the big axe, though, right? No, he forged the gauntlet. Oh, yeah. well, and the axe. and the axe. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. He also forged. I think the hammer too. I don't know. But the point is, he definitely forged the gauntlet in order for Thanos to be able to wield the stones. And it was a big deal, a big process. He had to like harness the energy of the sun and all this magic stuff. Sure. And Iron Man was just able to magically assimilate the stones into his uh, into his hand glove into his suit. That was a nice moment, too. It was a nice moment. and so I you're and saying I, plot hole? I actually saw a thing on, on a YouTube video where they implied that because Captain America, because um, the Wakandans had shared their nanotechnology, right. that he possibly could just kind of, it, it just like figured it out. The materials of the suit just kind of molded to, to harness the stones. I kind of never questioned the Iron Man suit and what it can do. It seems like it's <laughs> it's pretty godlike. That's the whole point. Yeah. I think so. Oh, man, and all the stuff with uh, Howard Stark and, God, it was just so rich yeah. in story and character. Who was that? Who was the actor? That was, um, well, dude. It's, it's Slattery from Mad Slattery, Men, but they right. youngified him. They did. Which is always sort of creepy. A little bit. They're good at it now, but it's still a little bit like, ew. Slightly uncanny. Wasn't Pem in it? Uh, was yeah, there was a very brief young uh, Michael Douglas, too. That did not look good, though. He, uh, that no. was too uncanny, Val. He looked like a video game cutscene. I did not care yeah. for that. But it's, it's a little tough. Yeah. But like I said, with uh, Sam Jackson in uh, very well done. in uh, Cap- Captain Marvel, it was the whole movie, so they obviously had to be a little more subtle about it, I guess. And you they know? didn't take him back as far. And that's he also true. Like, Michael Douglas, he's looking pretty old these yeah. days. Yeah, that's true. Sam Jackson is still a spring chicken. I agree. All right. Spo- <laughs> are we out of spoiler zone? I think so. Let's move on. 
You know what we might do? What? Maybe even put in the, maybe once we get the edit of this, we can even put like a time code of like, here, spoilers exist from here to here. That's a good idea. We might do that. All right, everyone, we're moving on to social studies. Social studies on movie crush. And I asked everyone on Facebook, Noel, what's your favorite war movie and why? Because this is an early promotion for another crossover episode with Friendly Fire. My buddies, uh, Ben Harrison, Adam Pranica, and John Roderick. Cool. At Max FunCon, early June, we're going to get together and record another crossover ep to be released as a co-Friendly Fire uh, movie crush release. Very nice. So I decided to get a little war movie talk going. When are you going to invite me to one of these things, Chuck? Max FunCon? A- any of these. You know. I-, I don't... Uh, I'm not in charge of the invitations. That's fair. That's fair, Chuck. <laughs> it's like you can't invite someone to someone else's party. You know how that goes. Put in a good word for me. All right, sure. I know, Roderick. Um, John Millsap, our old pal, says Wonder Woman. Yeah, great action film. War movie, though, was the question, though, right? Yeah, but, I mean, there's some war in it. Well, isn't that a—it's a WW1 thing, right? Isn't that— uh, I think it was World War One, right? I think yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, war's in the background, and then there is Warring— so, and in fact, on Friendly Fire, they a lot of times have a big talk about, like, is this a war movie or is it not? Interesting. The criteria are, are in flux, I think. Becky Harris Trainer, The Great Escape. Hell yes. I have not seen that. It's mm. a whole. So great. Really, really great. Who's in that? Steve McQueen. Ah, yes. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a Steve McQueen movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I know. Just see Great Escape and Bullet. Bullet's the the one everyone seems to really like. Yeah, they're both great. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. Great, great, great. Uh, our John Manning says Three Kings. Agreed. I love that movie. I really like that one a lot. Uh, Justin Wright says Black Hawk Down. Absolutely intriguing subject matter. Great action. The movie lived up to the book. Didn't see it. Black Hawk Down? It's nope. good. Yep. Are you into war movies? I love Platoon. I love uh, Apocalypse Now. All right, so you're not into war movies. You just like a few here and there? I love, um, what's the Kubrick one? Full Paths Metal Jacket and Paths Jacket. of Glory. I love both of those. Right. Those are, those are yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a war movie buff, but I like those four that I just named. Okay. <laughs> uh, our old pal Louis Silva says, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. That one's good. Yeah, that's a very good film. Lose those uh, bookends, I think, and it's uh, damn near perfect. What, what's wrong with the bookends? I wasn't a fan. Remind me what you're talking um, about. Old Matt Damon at the cemetery. Oh, American yeah. flag. Earned this. Didn't need it to Got me. It. Got a little, it. S- a little schmaltzy. Yeah, well, yeah, mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Just for me. Uh, Nathan Shetley says the Thin Red Line. Terrence Malick. That's one that I actually rented that one recently, and I, I just didn't get around to watching it. Um, I, oh, you haven't seen? That? I have not seen it. No. Oh, Terrence Malick. No, that's right up your alley. So it's super slow and contemplative and strange. Oh, yeah. 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 Go. God, a great movie. Cool. Has the the opening uh, sequence of that film, it's like, I don't know, I feel like it's like six or seven minutes long. It's some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever seen in my okay. life. Yeah, okay, I'll give that These two shot. soldiers on a wall on an island, um, just enjoying life away from war. There you go. It's really kind of cool. Uh, our old friend Jake Hale says, Infinity War. Yeah, that's a war. Yeah, and, and it's just to backtrack slightly on Endgame, I did think Infinity War was a overall more successful movie. Oh, interesting. I thought, like, it kept me... Like I said, this one, I felt like it, it sagged a little bit at, at certain points. In Infinity War, for the length especially, it just kept me on the edge of my seat Well, in game, there's a lot of business, for sure. Tying up loose ends and yeah. stuff. Yeah, that makes so sense. I, I get that mm. a little bit. I get that criticism. Uh, our old friend Lisa Teixeira says, Glory, first mo- war movie I ever saw. 
and I uh, first time I truly grasped the brutality of war. Isn't that the one about the black regimen? That's like, a, like yeah, the man. first Denzel Washington yeah. and Matthew uh-huh. Broderick, Carrie Wise. I haven't seen that. I'd like to. So great, man. That's a good one. Oh, Jennifer Fitzfee. Uh, after my own heart here with the movie Gallipoli, one of the great, great war movies. Young, young Mel Gibson about the Battle of Gallipoli. Is that a naval battle? No, it was uh, the, the the wars between Australia and Turkey. Ah, okay. When uh, these Australian troops were just being sent into a meat grinder, like it's Jesus. one of those things, like that trench warfare. It's like let's send a thousand guys at a time out to get slaughtered by yeah. machine guns. Wow, wave after wave. To what end? To what end? In the hopes that what a few of them don't get no, slaughtered. No, no. It was miscommunication high in, in the higher ups. It was brutal. Yeah, really, really good film. Uh, Edward Hackett, Bridge on the River Kwai. Maybe one of the best ever. I think that's Ron Swanson's favorite film. That's one in, in uh, Parks and Rec. I think oh, really? I think, I think that's he claims to have only ever seen two films. Bridge on the River and, Quiet. And one of them is Bridge on the River Quiet. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure. I wonder what the other one is. Smokey and the Bandit. Probably like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid or something like that. Uh, our old friend Jeff Noel again. Um, don't have a single favorite, but uh, Great Escape, Dirty Dozen, From Here to Eternity, and Bridge on the River Quiet. Simon Black says Full Metal Jacket. Uh, Guillermo Flores Barrios, great name, uh, says Dunkirk. Dunkirk was good. I never got around to seeing that one. I really wanted to. Dunkirk's good. You got there's a sort of Christopher Nolan-y time thing. He yeah, does. I heard there was an unconventional kind of. Yeah, uh, and like once you wrap your head around that, it, it's a little less confusing. But mm-hmm. it can be a little confusing at first. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd like Basically, to give it a does shot. a day, um, an hour, a day, and a week. Like from one one sub one plot is an hour of time, uh-huh. one plot is a day, and one plot is a week, all about the same event. Oh, and it's a little you don't if you don't quite get that, you're like, wait, what's going and on? And they don't explain that in any way. No, you kind of have to just figure, figure it out. It out. Yeah. Okay, oh. <laughs> beautiful movie. Though. Cool. I really enjoyed Dunkirk. I thought it was good. Uh, our old pal Alec uh, Glasnevich says the life and death of Colonel Blimp. I haven't seen this um, because Powell and Pressburger. Tell an amazing story about amazing love story of some people caught between the two wars. Have not seen that. Our old friend Melinda Bacalacalacaleo uh, says Dunkirk as well. First war movie I purposefully went to the theater to, uh, to watch because I wanted to see a story I'd read about and was fascinated by. Some of these you got to see on the big screen, Noel. Oh, for sure. I mean, a lot of the classics like they'll they'll do. You know, screenings, screenings and, sure. and, and, and at the plaza and stuff like that. I bet you catch Great Escape on a big screen at some point. Um, our oldest of pals, Vanessa Lopez, says, Hero, uh, most visually stunning film I've ever seen. That's the... I don't ja- know this movie. Yeah, no, no, it's, that's Japanese. That's, um, oh, it's 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 not... It, it's, it's like the it's Crouching Tiger. It's about a fighter yeah. who's on a mission to defeat three assassins. That's Yeah, it's a beautiful film. Really? There's, there's a color palette thing, too, where there's, like, one assassin is, like, red, and then one is green. And I want to say—it's not um, Ang Lee. It is uh, Zhang Yimou. That's right, Zhang Yimou. Yeah, and it's very much—a lot of the same cast members, I believe, as Crouching Tiger. Uh, and it very much has that same wire kung fu kind of, like, Man, choreography. I got to check that out. But this—is just Jet Li? Isn't Jet Li in it? He's the uh, main the, the main guy? I think so. Jet it's, Li. it's really, really good. It's really great. All right. It's, it's epic as all get out. It's epic as fuck? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, Evan Gundy says Saving Private Ryan, of course. Uh, Alex Cavanaugh says Apocalypse Now. 
Monty Sardina says Tigerland. Yeah, that was a very undersung film, I think. Uh, I think it got overlooked in a lot of corners. Uh, let me see here. Paul Stanfield says, uh, Good Morning Vietnam, as well as Enemy at the Gates and a couple of others. Good Morning Vietnam was, I really love that movie. I got a soft spot in my heart for that one. I haven't seen that. Boy, one of Robin Williams' best. So sad. He is a treasure. Man. I got. I was reading about him again the other day with the Louis body dementia. It's just like so, so sad. Uh, Mike Snelling Jr. says, Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, another vote for Gallipoli from Helen Highwater. Brian Thomas says, a miniseries. Um, actually, he doesn't say what it is. But Band of Brothers is one that I everyone always talks about. I think that's what he's about. talking about. That's what everyone always talks about, and I haven't seen that. They broke a lot of stars in that one, too, I believe. Who was first? Who was in that and then went on to be in a bunch of stuff? That's got to be what he means. He didn't even mention what it was called, but Band of Brothers, I bet, is what he means. I think I don't. I didn't see Band of Brothers though. I need to check that out. It's always been on my list. Only yeah, so me, much time. Me, me too. But what, I'm trying to remember who it was that was kind of appeared in that the first time. Who were the brothers? And Noel? then went on to do a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, let's see, full cast and crew. Oh, Colin Hanks is in it. I want to say. Okay. Ron Livingston, Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. I love Ron Livingston. No, Colin Hanks isn't in it. Um, You're thinking of Tom Hanks in Saving Private Ryan. I think I am. No, no, no. no. You're thinking of Tom Hanks in Bachelor Party. Also true. (laughs) I'm thinking of Tom Hanks in Big in his child form. (laughs) Oh, I'm always thinking about that. Uh, All right. Well, let's finish it up, Noel, while you're looking that up. Uh, We'll go with uh, Juan Nieto with Inglorious Bastards. Wait for the creme, is what he says. Is that what the, what is it, a um, strudel? Yeah. It's a strudel. Such a great scene. Ugh, that is great. I know that, I have my Tarantino gripes, but boy, that's a great scene. The first scene, or the, the sequence with the, you know, where there's they're hiding underneath the floorboards and stuff, and just the, is that, yeah. that's not that scene, that's a different sequence. The strudel sequence is, is that that one? Uh, yeah, I think they're under the floorboards here. That's why it's so tense, isn't it? Yeah, but I thought the strudel thing was later at some kind of dinner. I don't know. Oh. It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, that is a different. That's when he says, wait for the creme is yeah. in the restaurant. Exactly. Right, right, right. I was thinking of the earlier scene, though, when... Uh, I think he asks for a glass of milk or something. In yeah. The first, yeah. So good. So good. All right, everyone. We are going to finish with... Uh, we'll take a couple of questions. So light up the phone lines, Noel. Was that your phone line? Uh huh. That's the sound of the switchboards lighting up. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. 
Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. All right, Noel, we're going to finish with, like I said, with a few questions uh, on, the, on our comment card. And let's go with this. Um. Hmm. I don't I don't think I have an answer to this, Noel, but maybe you do. Raymond J. Down Jr. says, what film do you wish you could unlearn uh, something spoilery that you knew about before seeing it? And he gives the example, uh, like unknowing that Norman Bates is the killer in Psycho. Do you have anything that you can think that's of? That's an interesting one because that's one where you just, you know, even the first time I saw it, you, kn- you knew that. What, in Psycho? Yeah. Sure. And so you, it's like tempered with that forever well, that movie and all is more times. about, you know, it's not like the shock of that, unless you, back in the, when it first came out, that was certainly a big twist. I think that's what he's saying though, right? Like, or even, yeah, so. even the idea or the fact that, um, what's her name? The big star gets killed. Oh, yeah. You know, like that, that was, that would have been a mind blower at the time. Yeah. Janet so, Lee. Something like that. Like think about like the impact of not knowing something that maybe you just accept now. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, people give you, we like to talk about this, people give the movie so much shit, but I thought the Fight Club twist at the time was super cool and super mind-blowing. And now, you know, again, I haven't seen the movie in years, but I remember that being a very important uh, movie for me and and thinking that was such a well-executed twist that I would have liked to experience that feeling again. It's sort of more like a nostalgic feeling of like, what would it be like to go back and feel that strongly about something again. It feels like the first More time. time. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Yeah. Exactly. You're probably Chuck. not a big Foreigner fan, are you, Noel? I like Foreigner. Um, what else do they do? Foreigner. <laughs> Foreigner. Oh, did they did Urgent. Yeah. And, and they did uh, I Want to Know What Love Is. I Want to Know What Love Is. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. Because I actually, I was talking to my friend about that the other day, and I was like, is that, is that by Whitney Houston? <laughs> and he was like, what? no, dude, it's Foreigner. But couldn't you picture Whitney Houston saying that? Picture, sure. picture Whitney Houston belting oh, no. that jam out. It, it would totally happen. I did uh, karaoke in Philadelphia one time before my friend's wedding at a bar. And um, 
my usual pick someone had done. So I switched it up at the last minute and did Cold as Ice by Foreigner. Yeah, it's cold as ice. And right when I went on, this total Philly karaoke guy went, uh, you better squeeze your balls for this one. And I was like, <laughs> what? And I was like, oh, right. This song is high shit. It does, yeah. And it was not my best performance. I'm sure it was delightful, Chuck. Hot-blooded jukebox hero. Jude. Box hero. <laughs> Dirty White Boy. That's a good song. I don't know that one. Long, long way from home. Waiting for a girl like you. Man, they have a head games. Jesus, Noel. Foreigner had like 12 big hits. Have you not seen that episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force where they have the foreigner belt? No. And it's like the, the Moon and Knights, and they're like, they've got this like magical foreigner belt that they steal from Carl or whatever. And there's like, oh no, you've become hot blooded. <laughs> and then like, it's all these like puns. And then now you're cold as ice. And then oh, Carl starts like freezing or whatever. And That's then he's like great. overheating. And former yeah. guest Dave Willis. That's right. That's how I brought it up. He's doing a show with us, uh, as uh, doing voice work on a show with us. Is that right? Yeah. What? Is this something I don't know about this? Yeah. Or, or my old buddy, uh, also another former guest, Joe Randazzo. Is doing a scripted comedy, and Dave is going to be on the team. That's fantastic. You had told me about the idea of that. Yeah. Thing. That's great that it's, it's going to be along. really good. Very cool. Can't wait. Uh, let's finish up with here. Uh, let's do one more question, Noel. Our old pal Kayla MH says, what movie do you think would benefit from a gender swap remake or reimagining? Uh, yeah, that's something that's going on now. Let me see. Do you know what I would like to see? Maybe it's been done, but I don't think so. I would like to see a a female Western, like a Young Guns, but with like seven badass Annie Oakleys. You know what? That's really ringing a bell. Is that? Well, there happened? was th- there was that movie, The Quick and the Dead, with well, Sharon, Sharon Stone, yeah. where she was Sam a badass gunslinger. One of the great movies. That was a good one. I really enjoyed yeah. I mean, that. more uh, more along the lines of a gang of they're either you know. Uh, train robber marauders, which can be fun, or they're on the other side of the law, um, like, you know, Texas Rangers, like female Texas Rangers. That's why hasn't that been done, Noel? It does appear there's a film called Last Stand to Nowhere that has something of that kind of cast. Hmm. I don't know if it's any good. Um, Interesting. Because, see, I'm thinking, well, yeah, there is. That's pretty low pro, though. But we're talking about like a straight up reboot. So like it would, you know, yeah, it, like it young would guns. need to be like a Young Guns. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Except, you know, they would probably try and put some dumb spin on the title. What's, what was the Bon Jovi song that was in Young Guns? Uh, Blaze of Glory, Noel. <gasps> Shut <laughs> down in a blaze of glory. <laughs> oh, Bon Jovi. He was he was born to write that song, you know? He was born to be a lover. Yeah, also true. Um, He's I seen a million bon faces, twice. and he oh. rocked them all. Did he rock your face? I saw them <laughs> open up for 38 Special on their first album. Yeah, I was about to many say. Many years ago. Tables would have turned pretty quickly after that. Pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then I saw them uh, in, in high school, a friend, uh, well... A person I knew in high mm-hmm, school mm-hmm. had an extra ticket, and I felt bad because this person couldn't find anyone to go with them. Oh, that's sad. At all. And was asking, like, all the girls in school to go, and they were all like, no. No. You're gross. Oh. Yeah. And so I felt bad for well, this person. Nice. And I went to the Bon Jovi concert with him. Was it good? Yeah. Was it awkward? Yeah. Okay. 
But the concert itself was good. Yeah. Bon Jovi, that was when... The, at what the era was this? Slippery oh, and Wet? N- even after that, oh, it was okay. like uh, Bad Medicine Tour, whatever album that was. Oh, yeah. Might have been Bad Medicine. Okay, I don't know. Um, or no, New Jersey maybe. But it was mega Bon Jovi. I bet. Like all the big songs. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking great. I bet it was. I would love to see a... I, I saw Aerosmith a long time ago. I've never seen Aerosmith. They were great. They were I really, bet it yeah, was great. They were really cool. I'm thinking we missed the window on that. Being, yeah, I don't know. That, I don't know that they'll they'll do a big old giant tour. They again. might, but it's it's know. been a minute though. I mean, it's, it's I, I feel been like a while. Yeah, what happened to Aerosmith? They, well, I mean, you know, they're just comfortable being rich and old, being rich and old, and just doing like guest judge spots on like you know talent shows on TV. Oh, that's right. Steven Tyler did I that. I think didn't there's he? a bit of that going around. Yeah, oh, interesting. Well, what a sad way to end, Noel. No, it's not. <laughs> they had their heyday, <laughs> and honestly, they kind of kept. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, the whole. I heard a great interview with Rick Rubin recently, where he was mm. talking about the reason they did that Run DMC Aerosmith pairing, and it was because that beat at the beginning of "Walk This Way," this don't, 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 that was just the the beat. Yeah, and they would they would just juggle it back and forth between two turntables, where you'd have it on one and have the same record on both turntables, and they could just keep it going forever. Yeah, and so that was everybody knew that, and so that was how they did that crossover because everyone was already aware of that beat in the hip hop community. It was really tailor made for a kind of call and response hip hop thing. Yeah. And the, and just the whole cadence of it, and even he made the point that what Steven Tyler does that in that song is kind of a rap. Yeah, It's just the old white boy blues. Well, of course, of course, of course. But that really was the very first because I mean, hip hop culture at that point was super underground. Yeah, and it was very niche and very like in in regionalized kind of you know, and that is what sort of blew it up into the or. One of the things that yeah, blew it up well, in the Well, dude, Run DMC certainly were the first to kind of kick that door open mm-hmm. to the mainstream. Good shit. I remember that video like it was yesterday. Big, big deal. Is that a better note to end on? I think so. Cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Yep. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.